0: Chapter 8. The Houses of Healing A mist was in Mary's eyes of tears and weariness when they drew near the ruined gate of Minas Tirith. He gave little heed to the wreck and slaughter that lay about all. Fire and smoke and stench was in the air, for many engines had been burned or cast into the fire pits, and many of the slain also. Or here and there lay many carcasses of the great Southron monsters, half burned or broken by stone cast or shot through by the eyes of valiant archers at Moorhond. The flying rain had ceased for a bit of time, and the sun gleamed up above, but all the lower city was still wrapped in a smouldering reek. Already men were labouring to clear away through the jets of battle, and now out from the gate came some bearing litters. Gently they laid Eowyn upon soft pillows, but the king's body they covered with great cloth of gold, and they bore torches about him, and their flames, pale in the sunlight, were fluttered by the wind. So Théoden and, and Eowyn came out of the city of Gondor, and all who saw them bared their heads and bowed. They passed through the ash and the fume of the burned circle, and went on and up along the streets of stone. To Mary the ascent seemed age-long, a meaningless journey in hateful dream going on and on to some dim ending that memory cannot seize. Slowly, the lights of the torches in front of him flickered and went out, and he was walking in a darkness, and he thought, This is a tunnel leading to a tomb. There we shall save forever. But suddenly into his dream there fell a living voice. Well, Mary, thank goodness I found you. He looked up, and the mist before his eyes cleared a little. There was Pippin. They were face to face in a narrow lane, and but for themselves it was empty. He rubbed his eyes. Where is the king? he said. and Erwin. Then he stumbled and sat down on the doorstep, and began to weep again. They've gone up into the citadel, said Pippin. I think you must have fallen asleep on your feet and taken the wrong turning. When we found that you were not with him, Gandalf sent me looking for you. Poor old Mary, How glad I am to see you again. But you are worn out, and I won't bother you with any talk. Tell me, though, are you hurt or wounded? No, said Mary. Well, no, I don't think so. But I can't use my right arm, Pippin, not since I stabbed him. My sword burned away all like a piece of wood. Pippin's face was anxious. "'Well, you'd better come with me as quick as you can,' he said. "'I wish I could carry you. You aren't fit to walk any further. "'They shouldn't have let you walk at all, but you must forgive them. "'So many dreadful things have happened in the city, Mary, "'and that one poor hobbit coming in for the battle is easily overlooked.' "'It's not always misfortune to be easily overlooked,' said Mary. "'I was overlooked just now by—' oh, "'I can't speak—I can't speak of it. Help me, Pitten. "'It's all going dark again, and my arm is cold.' Lean on me, merry lad, said Pippin. Come now, foot by foot. It's not far. Are you going to bury me? Said Pipp- uh, "Said Mary. No, said Pippin, trying to sound cheerful, although his heart was wrung with fear and pity. No, we are going to the ha- Houses of Healing. They turned out of the lane that ran between the tall houses and the outer wall of the fourth circle, and they regained the main street climbing up to the Citadel. Step by step they went, while Mary swayed and murmured as one in sleep. I'll never get him there, thought Pippin. Is there no one to help me? I can't leave him here. Just then, to his surprise, a boy came running up behind, and as he passed he recognised Burgil Beragon's son. Hello, Burgil, he called. Where are you going? Glad to see you again, and still alive. I'm running errands for the healers, said Burgil. I cannot stay. Don't, said Pippin, but tell them up there that I have a sick hobbit. A Perian, mind you. Come from the battlefield. I don't think he can walk so far. If Muthundra is there, he'll be glad of the message. Burgle ran on. I'd better wait here, thought Pippin. So he let Mary sink gently down into the pavement, into a patch of sunlight. And then he sat down beside him, laying Mary's head on his lap. He felt his body and limbs gently and took his friend's hands in his own. The right hand felt icy to the touch. It wasn't long before Gandalf himself came in search of them. He stooped over Mary and caressed his brow, and then he lifted him carefully. He should have been born in honour into this city, he said. He has well repaid my trust, for if Elrond had not yielded to me, neither of you would have set out. Then far more grievous would the evils of this day have been. He sighed, and yet there was another charge on my hands, all the while the battle hands and the battleants. So at last Faramir and Erwin and Meriadoc were laid in the beds of the houses of healing, and there they attended well. For though all law was in these latter days fallen from the fullness of old, the leechcraft of Gondor was still wise, and skilled in the healing of wound and hurt, and all such sicknesses east of the sea mortal men were subject to, save old age only. For that they had found no cure, and indeed the span of their lives had now waned to little more than that of other men, and those among them who passed the tale of five score years with vigour were grown few, save in the houses of some purer blood. But now their art and knowledge were baffled, for there were many sick of malady that would not be healed, and they called it the black shadow, for it came from the Nazgul, and those who were stricken with it fell slowly into an ever deeper dream then passed in silence to a deadly cold, and so died. And so it seemed to the tenders of the sick that the halfling, and on the Lady of Rohan, the melody was heavy. Still at wiles, at the morning, as the morning wore away, they would speak, murmuring in their dreams, and the watchers listening to all that they said, hoping to perhaps learn something that would help them understand their hurts. But soon they began to fall down into the darkness, and as the sun turned west, a grey shadow crept over their faces, Faramir burned with a fever that would not abate. Gandalf went from one to the other, full of care, and was told all that the watchers could hear. And so the day passed, while the great battle outside went on with shifting hopes and strange tidings, and still Gandalf waited and watched and did not go forth, till at last the red sunset filled all the sky, and the light through the windows fell on the grey faces of the sick. Then it seemed to those who stood by that in the glow of the faces flushed softly, as with health returning, but it was only a mockery of hope. Then an old wife, Eoreth, the eldest of women who served in that house, looked upon the fair face of Faramir and wept, for all the people loved him, and he said, Alas, if he should die, would that there were the kings in Gondor as they were once upon a time, they say it is said in old law, the hands of the king are the hands of the healer. And so the rightful king could ever be known. Gandalf who stood by said, Men may long remember your words, Eorath, for there is hope in them. May a king, maybe a king is indeed returned to Gondor. Or have you not heard the strange tidings that have come to the city? I've been too busy with this and that to heed all the crying and shouting, she answered. All I hope so that those murdering devils do not come to this house and trouble the sick. Then Gandalf went out in haste. Already the fire in the sky was burning out, and the smouldering hills were fading, while ash-grey evening crept over the fields. Now as the sun went down, Aragorn and, Eomer and Imrahil drew near the city with their captains and knights. And when they came before the gate, Aragorn said, Behold the sun setting in a great fire. It is a sign of the end and the fall of many things, and a change in the tides of the world. That this city and the realm has rested in the charge of the stewards for many long years, and I fear that if I enter it unbidden, then doubt and debate may arise, which should not be. While this is, should not happen while this fo- war is fought. I will not enter in nor make any claim, until it be seen whether we or Mordor shall prevail. Men shall pitch my tents upon the field, and here I will await the welcome of the lord of the city. But Ioma said, Already you have raised the the banner of the kings and displayed the tokens of Lendor's house. Will you suffer these to be challenged? No, said Aragorn, but I deem the time unripe, and have no mind for strife except with our enemy and his servants. And the prince Imahil said, Your words, lord, are wise. If one who is a kinsman of the Lord Denethor may counsel you on this matter, he is strong-willed and proud, but old, and his mood has been strange since his son was stricken down. Yet I would not have you remain like a beggar at the door. Not a beggar, said Aragorn, say a captain of the rangers, who are unused to cities and houses of stone. And he commanded that his banner should be filled, and he did of the star of the north kingdom, and gave it to the keeping to the sons of Elrond. Then the prince Imrahil and of Rah- Rohan left him, and passed through the city, and the tumult of the people, and the mount- then mounted to the citadel. They came to the hall of the tower, seeking the steward, but they found his chair empty, and before the die lay King Théoden, king of the mark, upon a bed of state, and twelve torches stood about it, and twelve guards, knights of both Rohan and Gondor. And the hangings of the bed were green and white, but upon the king there lay the great cloth of gold upon his breast, and upon that his unsheathed sword, and at his feet his shield. The light of the torches shimmered in his white hair like sun in the spray of a fountain, but his face was fair and young, save that a piece lay on it beyond the reach of youth, and it seemed that he slept. When they had stood silent for a time beside the king, Imrahil said, Where is the steward? And where also is Mithundra? And one of the guards answered, The steward of Gondor is in the houses of healing. But Eomar said, Where is the lady Eowyn, my sister? For surely she should be lying beside the king, and in no less honour. Where have they bestowed her? And Imrahul said, The lady Eowyn was yet living when they bore her hither. Did you not know? Then hope unlooked for came so suddenly to Eomar's heart, And with it the bite of care and fear renewed that he said no more, but Turner went swiftly from the hall, and the prince followed him. And when they came forth, evening had fallen, and many stars were in the sky. And there came Gandalf on foot with him, one cloaked in grey, and they met before the doors of the houses of healing. They greeted Gandalf and said, We seek the steward, and men say that he is in this house. Has any hurt befallen him? And the lady Eowyn, where is she? And Gandalf answered, She lies within and is not dead, but near death. But the lord Faramir is wounded by an evil dart, as you have heard, and he is now the steward, for Denethor has departed, and his house is in ashes. They were filled with grief and wonder at the tale that he told. But Imrahil said, The victory is shorn of gladness, and is a bitter bought if both Gondor and Rohan in one day are bereft of their lords. Eomir rules the Rohirrim who shall rule the city in the meantime? Should we not now send for the Lord Aragon? The cloaked man spoke and said, He has come. And they saw as he stepped into the light of the lantern by the door that it was Aragon, wrapped in the grey cloak of Lorien above his mail, and bearing no other token than the green stone of Galadriel. I've come because Gandalf begs me so, he said. But for the present, I'm the captain of the Danaidan of Dunor and the lord of Dolomaroth shall rule the city until Faramir awakes. But it is my counsel that Gandalf shall rule us all in the days that follow, and in our dealings with the enemy. They agreed upon that. Then Gandalf said, Let us not stay at the door, for the time is urgent. Let us enter, for it is only in the coming of Aragorn that any hope remains for the sick that lie in the house. Thus spoke Arath, the wise woman of Gondor, that the hands of the king are the hands of the healer, and so shall the rightful king be known. Then Aragon entered first, and the others followed. And there at the door were two guards in the livery of the citadel, one tall, but other scarce the height of a boy. And when he saw them, he cried aloud in surprise and joy. Strider, how splendid! Do you know, I guessed it was you and the black ships, but they were all shouting corsars and wouldn't listen to me. How did you do it? Aragon laughed and took the hobbit by the hand. Well, mesh indeed, he said, but there's not yet time for traveller's tales. But Imrahil said to Aamir, is it thus that we speak to our kings? Yet maybe he will wear a crown and some other name. And Aragon, hearing him, turned and said, Verily, for in the high tongue of old I am Elissa, the elf stone, and Avinya the Renewer." And he lifted from his breast the green stone that lay there. But Strider shall be the name of my house, if that is ever established. In the high tongue it will not sound so ill, and Telkunda I will be to all the ears of my body. With that they passed into the house, and as they went towards the room where the sick were tended, Gandalf told of the deeds of Owen and Meriadoc. For, he said, long have I stood by them, and at first they spoke much in their dreaming, for they sank into the deadly darkness. Also, it is given to me to see many things far off. Aragorn went first to Faramir, and then to Lady Eowyn, and at last to Mary. When he had looked on the faces of the sick and seen their hurts, he sighed. Here I must put forth all such power and skill as given to me, he said. Would that Auron were here, for he is the eldest of all our race, and has the greater power. And Eomer, seeing that he was both sorrowful and weary, said, First you must rest, surely, and eat a little, at least. But Aragon answered, Nay, for these three. And most soon for Faramir, time is running out. All speed is needed. Then he called to Eorath and said, You have store in this house the herbs of healing? Yes, Lord, she answered, but not enough, I reckon, for all that will need them. But I'm sure... I do not know where we shall find more, for all things are amiss in these dreadful days, what with fires and burning and the lads that run errands so few and the roads so blocked. Why, it is days out of count since ever a carrier came from Mosanach to the market. But we do our best in this house with what we have, and I'm sure your lordship knows this. I will judge that when I see, said Aragon. One thing also is short, time for speech. Have you Athalus? I do not know, I am sure, Lord, she answered, at least not by their name. I will go and ask for the herdmaster, He knows all the old names. It is also called Kingsfoil, said Aragorn, and maybe you know it by that name, for so the country folk call it in these latter days. Oh, that, said Arareth, well, if your Lord should have named it at first, I would have told you. No, we have none of it, I am sure. Why, I have never heard that it had any great virtue. And indeed, I have often said to my sisters when we come upon growing in the woods, Kingsfoil, I said, Tis a strange name, I wonder why it's called so, for if I were a king I would have plants much more bright in my garden. Still it smells sweet when bruised, does it not? A sweet of the right word. Wholesome, maybe, is nearer. Wholesome, verily, said Aragon. and now dame, if you love the Lord Faramir, run as quick as your tongue does and get me Kingsfoil, there, if there is even a leaf in the city. And if not, said Gandalf, I will run to Lossanach with Erethirith behind me, and I will take with me to the woods, but not to her sisters. And Shadowfax shall show her the meaning of haste. With, when Erith was gone, Aragorn bade the other woman to make water hot. Then he took Faramir's hand in his, and laid the other hand upon the sick man's brow. It was drenched with sweat, but Faramir did not move or make any sign. "'and seemed hardly to breathe. "'He is nearly spent,' said Aragorn, turning to Gandalf. "'But this comes not from the wound. "'See, that is healing. "'Had he been smitten by some dart of the Nazgul "'as he thought, he would have died that night. "'This hurt was given by some soth for an hour, I would guess. "'Who drew it forth? "'Was it kept? "'I drew it forth,' said Imrahil, "'and staunched the wound.' "'but I didn't keep the arrow, for we had much to do. "'It was, as I remember, just such a dart as the South Ronzi's. use. "'Yet I believe that it came from the shadows above, "'for Alsa's fever and sickness were not to be understood, "'since the wound is not deep or vital. "'How, then, do you read the matter?' "'Weariness, grief for his father's mood, a wound, "'and over all the black breath,' said Aragon. "'Here's a man of staunch will.' for already he has come close under the shadow before, before he ever rode into battle and to the out walls. Slowly the dark must have crept on him, even as he had fought and strove to hold his outpost. Oh, would that I have been here sooner. Thereupon the herb master entered. Your lordship asked for King's foil, as the rustics named it, he said, or Athelus in the noble tongue, or to those who know somewhat of the Mandalorian. I do, said Aragorn, and I care not whether you say now Asea, Aranon, or Kingslaw, as long as you have some. Your pardon, my lord, said the man, but I see you are a lawmaster, not merely a captain of war. But alas, sir, would you not keep this thing of the house of healings, where only the gravely hurt or sick attended? For it is no virtue that we know of, save perhaps to sweeten a foul ear, or drive away some passing heaviness. Unless, of course, you give heed to rhymes of the old days, which women such as our good Eoreth still repeat without understanding what it means. When the black breath blows, this death's shadows grows, and the lights pass, come Athelas! come Athelas! come to the dying, and the king's hand lying. It is but doggerel, I fear, garbled in the memory of old wives. It's meaning I leave to your judgment, if indeed it has any. But old folks still use the infusion of the herb for headaches. Then, in the name of the king, go and find some old man of less law and more wisdom who keeps some in this house, said Gandalf. Now Aragorn kneeled behind and beside Faramir and held a hand upon his brow. And those that watched felt that some great struggle was going on, for Aragorn's face grew grey with weariness And ever and anon he called the name of Faramir, but each time more faintly to their hearing, as if Aragorn himself was removed from them, and walked afar in some dark vale, calling for one that was lost. And at last Burgle came running in, and he bore six leaves in a cloth. It's king's foil, sir, he said. Not fresh, I fear. It must have been culled two weeks ago at least. I hope it will serve, sir. Then looking at Faramir, he burst into tears. But Aragon smiled. It will serve, he said. The worst is now over. Stay and be comforted. Then taking two leaves, he laid them on his hands and breathed on them. And then he crushed them, and straight away a living freshness filled the room as if the air itself woke and tingled, sparkled with joy. Then he cast the leaves into a bowl of steaming water that were brought to him, and at once all hearts were lightened. For well, the fragrance that came to each was like a memory of dewy mornings of unshadowed sun on some land where the fair world and spring it's, is itself but a fleeting memory. But Aragon stood up as one refreshed, and his eyes smiled as he held a bowl before Faramir's dreaming face. Well now, who would have believed it, said Eareth to a woman that stood beside her. The weed is better than I thought. It reminds me of the roses of Eameth Melue when I was a lass, and no king could have asked for better. Suddenly, Faramir stirred and he opened his eyes and looked at Aragon, who bent over him and a light of knowledge and love was kindled in his eyes and he spoke softly. My lord, you called me. I come. What does the king command? Walk no more in the shadows but awake, said Aragon. You are weary. Rest a while and take food and be ready when I return. I will, Lord, said Faramir. For who would lie idle when the king has returned? Farewell then for a while, said Aragon, I must go to others who need me. And as he left the chamber with Gandalf and Imrahil, but Beragon and his son remained, unable to contain their joy. As they followed Gandalf and shut the door, Pippin heard Aerith exclaim, King, did you hear that? What did I say? The hands of a healer, I said. And soon the word had gone out from the house that the king was indeed among them. And after war he brought healing, and the news ran through the city. But Aragon came to Eowyn and said, Here there is a grievous hurt and a heavy blow. The arm that was broken has been tendered with due skill, and will mend in time, if she has the strength to live. It is the shield arm that is maimed, but the chief evil comes through the sword arm. In that there now seems no life, although it's unbroken." Alas, for she was pitted against a foe beyond the strength of her mind or body, and those who will take a weapon to such an enemy must be sterner than steel, if the very shock of it shall not destroy them. It was an evil doom that set her this path. She is a fair maiden, fairest of the house of the queens, and yet I not know how to speak to her or of her. When I first looked on her and perceived her unhappiness, it seemed to me that I saw a white flower standing straight and proud, shapely as a lily and yet knew that it was hard as if it was wrought by alphrites out of steel. Or it was, maybe, a frost that had turned its sap to ice, and so stood, bittersweet, still fair to see, but stricken, soon to fall and die. Her melody begins before this day, does it not, Eomer? I marvel that you should ask me this, Lord, he answered. For I hold you blameless in this matter, as in all else, yet I knew... "'Not that Ao and my sister, was touched by any frost "'until she first looked upon you. "'Care and dread she had and shared with me "'in the days of Wormtongue and the king's bewitchment, "'and she tended the king in growing fair. "'But this did not bring her to this pass.' "'My friend,' said Gandalf, "'you had horses and deeds of arms and the free fields, "'but she, born in the body of a maid, "'had a spirit and courage at least the match of yours.' Yet she was doomed to wait upon an old man whom she loved as a father and watch him falling and failing into a mean, dishonoured dotage and her part seemed more ignoble than that of the staff that he leaned upon. Do you think that Wormtongue had poison only for Théoden's ear? Dotard, what is the house of earl but a thatched barn where brigands drink in the reek and their brats roll on the floor amongst the dogs? Have you not heard these words before? Saruman spoke them, the teacher of Wormtongue. Though I do not doubt that Wormtongue at home wrapped their meaning in terms more cunning, my lord, if your sister's love for you and her will still bent on her duty had not restrained her lips, you might have heard even such things escape from her. But who knows what she spoke in the darkness, alone in the bitter watches of the night, and when all her life seemed shrinking and the walls of her bower closed in about her, a hutch to tremble some wild things in, she may have felt. Then Ayamea was silent and looked at on his sister as if pondering anew all the days of their past life together. But Aragon send, said, I saw what you saw, Ayamea. Few other griefs amid the ill chances of the world have more bitterness and shame for a man's heart than to behold the love of a lady so fair and brave that it cannot be returned. Sorrow and pity have followed me ever since I left her desperate in Dunharrow and rode to the paths of the dead and no fear upon that way was so present as the fear for what might before her. And yet, Aime, I say to you that she loves you more truly than me. For you she loves and knows but in me she loves only a shadow and a thought a hope of glory and great deeds and lands far from the fields of Rohan. I have, maybe, the power to heal her body and to recall her from the dark valley But to what she will awake, hope or forgetfulness or despair, I do not know. And if to despair, then she will die, unless other healing comes which I cannot bring. Alas, for her deeds have set her amongst the queens of great renown. Then Aragorn stooped and looked in her face, and it was indeed white as a lily, cold as frost, hard as graven stone. But he bent and kissed her on the brow, and called her softly, saying, Eowyn, Eowyn's daughter, awake, for your enemy has passed away. She did not stir, but now she began to breathe deeply so that her breast rose and fell beneath the white linen of the sheet. Once more, Aragorn bruised two leaves of Athelus and cast them into the steaming water, and he laved her brow with it, and her right arm, lying cold and nerveless on the coverlet, then, whether Aragorn had indeed some forgotten power of Westerness, or whether it was just his words of the Lady Owen that was wrought on them, as the sweet influence of herbs stole about the chamber, it seemed to those who stood by that the keen wind blew through the window, and it bore no scent, but it was an air wholly fresh and clean and young, as if it had not before been breathed by any living thing, and came new made from snowy mountains high beneath the dome of stars, or from shores of silver far away, washed by the seas of foam. Awake, Eowyn, Lady of Rohan, said Aragorn again, and he took her right hand in his, and it felt warm with life returning. Awake, the shadow is gone and all darkness is washed clean. Then he laid her hand in Eowyn's and stepped away. Call her, he said, and he passed silently from the chamber. Eowyn! Eowyn, cried Eomer amidst his tears. But she opened her eyes and said, Eomer, what joy is this? For they said you were slain. Nay, but there was only the dark voices in my dream. How long have I been dreaming? Not long, my sister, said Eomer, but think no more on it. I am strangely weary, she said. I must rest a little, but tell me, what of the Lord of the Mark? Alas, do not tell me that was a dream, for I know it was not. "'He is dead, as he foresaw.' "'He is dead,' said Amir, "'but he bade me say farewell to Eowyn, "'dearer than her daughter. "'He lies now in great honour "'in the citadel of Gondor.' Ah, oh, that is grievous,' she said, "'and yet it is good beyond all that I dared hope "'in the dark days, when it seemed that the house of Earl "'was sunk in honour less than any shepherd's cot. "'And what of the king's esquire, the halfling?' "'Eomer, you shall make him a knight of the Ritamach, for he is valiant. "'He lies nearby in this house, and I will go to him,' said Gandalf. "'Eomer shall stay here for a while. "'But I do not speak yet of war or woe until you are made whole again. "'Great gladness it is to see you wake again to health and hope. "'So valiant, a lady.' "'To health?' said Eowyn. "'It may be so. I to, "'At least while there is an empty saddle of some fallen rider that I can fill and there are deeds to do. But to hope? I don't know. Gandalf and Pippin came to Mary's room, and there they found Aragorn standing by the bed. Poor old Mary, cried Pippin, and he ran to the bedside, for it seemed to him that his friend looked worse and and a greyness was on his face, as if a weight of years of sorrow laid on him, and suddenly a fear seized Pippin that Mary might die. Do not be afraid, said Aragorn. I came in time, and I have called him back. He is weary now, and grieved, and has taken a hurt like the Lady Eowyn, daring to smite that deadly thing. But these evils can be amended, so strong and gay a spirit that is in him. His grief will not be forgotten, but it will not darken his heart, and it will teach him wisdom. Then Aragorn laid his hand on Mary's head and passing his hand gently through the brown curls, he touched the eyelids and called him by name. And when the fragrance of Althelus stole through the room like the scent of orchids, and the of heather in the sunshine full of bees, suddenly Mary awoke and he said, I'm hungry. What's the time? Oh, past supper time now, said Pippin, though I dare say I could bring you something if they'll let me. They will indeed, said Gandalf, and if anything else that this rider Oroha may desire, if it can be found in Minas Tirith, it will be his. For in Minas Tirith, his name is in an honour. Good, said Mary. Then I'd like supper first, then after that a pipe. At that his face clouded. No, 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 not a pipe. I don't think I'd like to smoke again. Why not, said Pippin. Well, answered Mary slowly, he is dead. It has brought it all back to me. He said he was sorry he'd ever had a chance He had never had a chance of talking herb law with me, almost the last thing he ever said. I shan't ever be able to smoke again without thinking of him in that day, Pippin, when he rode up to Isengard and was so polite. Smoke then, and think of him, said Aragorn, for he was a gentle heart and a great king, and kept his oaths, and he rose out of the shadows to a last fair morning. "'Though your service to him was brief, "'it should be a memory glad and honourable "'to the end of your days.' "'Mary smiled. "'Well then, if Strider will provide what is needed, "'I will smoke and think. "'I had some of Saruman's best in my pack, "'but what has become of it in the battle, "'I'm sure I don't know.' "'Master said Aragon, "'if you think that I've passed through the mountains and the realm of Gondor with fire and sword "'to bring herbs to a careless soldier "'who throws away his gear, "'you are mistaken.' If your pack has not been found, then you must send for the herb master of this house. And he will tell you that he did not know what herb you desire had any virtues. But that is called Westman weed by the vulgar, vulgar and Galanus by the noble, and other names and other tongues more learned. And after adding a few half-forgotten rhymes that he does not understand, he will regretfully inform you that there is none in the house, and he will leave you to reflect on the history of tongues. And now so must I, for I have not slept much in a bed like this since I rode from Dunharrow nor eaten since the dark before dawn Mary seized his hand and kissed it I am frightfully sorry, he said go at once, ever since that night at Bree we've been a nuisance to you but it is the way of my people to use light words at such times and say less than they mean we, we fear to say too much it robs us of the right words when a jest is out of place oh, I know that well or we'll not deal with you in the same way, said Aragorn May the Shire live forever unwithered. And kissing Mary, he went out, and Gandalf went with him. Pippin remained behind. Was there ever anyone like him, he said, except Gandalf, of course. I think they must be related. My dear ass, your pack is lying by your bed, and you had it on your back when I met you. He saw it all the time, of course. And anyway, I have some stuff of my own. Come on, long bottom leaf it is. Fill it up while I run and see about some food. And let's be easy for a bit. Dear me, we took some brandy bucks. We can't live long in the heights. No, said Mary, I can't. Not yet, at any rate. But at least, Pippin, we can now see them and honour them. It is best to love first what we are fitted to love, I suppose. You must start somewhere and have some roots, and the soil of the shire is deep. Still, there are things deeper and higher, and not a gaffer could tend to his garden and what he calls peace for them. "'whether he knows about them or not. "'I'm glad I know about them a little. "'But I don't know why I'm talking like this. "'Where's the leaf? "'And I can get my pipe out of my pack if it isn't broken.' "'Aragorn and Gandalf went now to the Warden of the Houses of Healing, "'and they counselled him that Faramir and Eowyn should remain there "'and still be tended with care for many days. "'The Lady Eowyn,' said Aragorn, "'will wish soon to rise and depart, "'but she should not be permitted to do so.' If you can in any way restrain her, at least until ten days be passed. As for Faramir, said Gandalf, he must soon learn that his father is dead. But the full tale of the madness of Denethor should not be told to him until he is quite healed and has duties to do so. See that Beragon and the Parian who are present do not speak of him in those things yet. And the other Parian, Meriadoc, who is under my care. What of him? said the warden. It is likely that he will be fit to arise tomorrow. ''For a short while,'' said Aragorn. ''Let him do so if he wishes. He may walk a little in the care of his friends.'' ''They are a remarkable race,'' said the warden, nodding his head. ''Very tough in the fibre, I deem.'' At the doors of the houses, many were gathered to see Aragorn, and they followed after him. And when at last he had supped, men came and prayed that he would heal their kinsmen or their friends, whose lives are in peril through hurt or wound, or lay under the black shadow.'' And Aragorn rose and went out, and he sent for the sons of Auron, and together they laboured far into the night. And word went through the city, The king has come again indeed. And they named him Elfstone because of the green stone that he wore, and so the name which was foretold by his, at his birth that he should bear was chosen for him by his own people. And when he could labour no more, he cast his cloak about him, and slipped out of the city, and went to his tent just ere dawn, and slept a while. And in the morning, the banner of Dol Amorth, the white ship like a swan upon blue water, floated from the tower, and men looked up and wondered of the coming of the king, who had been but a dream.